Well, thank you everybody for joining us. I'm Father Chris Alar, one of the Miriam priests here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. God bless you for joining us live. We've got a packed shrine, a lot of people on the hill today for our Rosary Congress. It'll be over the next week, but it's a special day of grace. Today's St. Therese's Feast Day, and we open up a powerful week we call the week, I call Saint Week, because today we have Saint Therese. On the second, we have our guardian angels. On the fourth, we have Saint Francis. On the fifth, we have Saint Faustina. And on the seventh, we have Our Lady of the Rosary. So today also is our continuation of First Saturdays. This is so important. You've been joining us now since COVID began, and we want to continue to lead you. So we're going to do a talk first on La Salette. We're doing Marian apparitions every first Saturday, and then followed by the devotion. So Brother Mark will um, do the talk first, then we'll power down, and then start back up with the devotions of first Saturday. Got it all? Very good. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of Mercy, our Lady of La Salette, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you again, everybody. This is an exciting day, a huge day. One of the biggest days we've had here at the Shrine in a long time since COVID's been here. So as you saw on your screen, today is an important day, and I just got back from it a couple months ago, La Salette. I'm going to start right off with this. Why do I think this is so important? Because the anti-Catholics and even radicals within our Catholic faith will point to two statements from Our Lady of La Salette. The Antichrist will be born of a nun and has already been born. And the Antichrist, the seat of the Antichrist, will be Rome. Stay with us. Because it is very important you know how to answer that. When I first started doing these talks, I got those letters, and I didn't even really know fullness of La Salette until I went there, until I understood the message and how we have to read those statements from Mary, I'm sorry, uh, from um, the seers at La Salette. Okay, so let us begin. Now, the two children. You notice how Mary usually talks to children? What was today's gospel? Be childlike, because the innocence, the learned, right? Unlike the learned. All right, so Melanie and Maximin, these are the two children. They were tending cows. They fell asleep. They woke, woke up and saw a wondrous light, a glowing globe of light. Now, when did this happen? <clears throat> this was in France, in the French Alps, September 19th. 1846. But it means everything today. Why? Let's look at our next slide. This is Our Lady of La Salette. So if you have your cell phones with you, you can see the picture of Our Lady of La Salette. Now let's describe her. This is how she was described. A beautiful woman wearing a high headdress of roses, a silver robe, and you can see it right on the picture, a gold apron, white shoes, 
and a golden crucifix with a chain. Now, here's what's interesting. In no other apparition of Mary, no others, is she wearing a giant crucifix on a chain. So what is the meaning of that? Okay. So she was wearing this golden crucifix with a chain around her neck. She appeared sitting on a rock, weeping. And she relates how the offenses of mankind, and she pointed two, two big ones, and we'll talk about. For instance, not reverencing the name of God and not keeping holy the Sabbath day, doing work on Sundays, things that we just don't even pay attention to anymore. And this, she said, will result in calamities. This is a very harsh, harsh apparition, one of the harshest, one of the sternest, along with Akita and a couple others that are really wake-up calls. All right, she talked about the potato famine and disease. The woman entrusts each child with a secret. The woman, they didn't even know who it was. It was Our Lady, but they didn't know that. And she encouraged them to pray, and then she went up the hill and disappeared. All right, so let's look at this. Now, here's what I find is funny. Melanie, um, and, and uh, she was a little older, and Maxim, Maximin was younger. It kind of reminds me of my, uh, me and my sister. Melanie, when Our Lady appears, so here's the girl, she's 14, Melanie, and Maximin is the boy, 11, just like my sister and me. And she was frayed, and she raised her hand and dropped her shepherd's staff. She was obedient, but then there's Maximin, and he thought only of defending himself. And he yelled at her, like I always would with my sister, keep your stick. He told her, keep your stick. I will keep mine, and I will give it a good whack if it does anything to us. Talking about the Blessed Mother. <laughs> So here he is talking about our Blessed Mother saying, keep your stick, I'll give it a whack if it does anything to us. He was thinking about defending her. How cute. Even after she talked with them, the children could not identify her as the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is important. They just called her the beautiful lady. So it means that they were not making up some story just to say Mary appeared to us. All right. So the central message of La Salette, one, stop taking the Lord's name in vain. Do you remember what the second commandment is? Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Of all the commandments, it's not adultery. It's not stealing. It's not lying. What is the second commandment right behind have no other gods? Do not use his name in vain. This we have completely lost, even if it's not intentional like the big capital OMGs. I always clarify, you mean, oh my gosh, right? So not flip it. So the, the message, one, stop taking the Lord's name in vain. That's the second commandment. And third, observe Sundays. We don't do this anymore. We're too busy shopping, watching sports. I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. That's the third commandment. So she also added in their regular prayer, and repentance and penance. Those are common to almost every revelation. All right, 
So let's talk about Our Lady of La Salette. Okay, next slide. Here's something fascinating. I was, brother, brother Mark and I were working late last night. He was working on some drawings and I was working on this talk. And you know, they actually have a picture of these two from 1846. I said, well, this is false. I didn't realize photography was first done in 1826. I didn't know this. I didn't think photography came to the mid to late 1800s, like 1860s, 1870s. They, the first photograph ever taken was by a Frenchman in 1826. This is 1846. So let's have Brother Mark put it back up. This is the two seers. You have Maximum uh, Giro, and he was 11. He's on the left. And you have Melanie Calva. She was 14. She's on the right. They were tending sheep. But this is their actual picture then. That we have a real picture of this. So they were tending their sheep for their employers. They were actually working uh, near La Salette in the French Alps in 1846. So this is what's going on here. Now, the effects of the French Revolution, ugh, Napoleon, Napoleon's reign, ugh, secularization of France, ugh, the political turmoil. You see, we think we have it bad now. We do have it bad now. But it was bad then, too. And so Our Lady was coming. So the turmoil, the politics of Europe at the time, all of this was hurting the faith of the people. So basically cursing, licentiousness, and greed had taken over. You know, we always think of the mid-1800s as being this pure Victorian time. No, they had greed, they had licentiousness, they were cursing. Um, you know, we, we didn't think something like this happened 200 years ago, but it did. So is there any wonder why Our Lady is so trying to warn us. All right, so Melanie, the girl, she was 14. Um, she was one of eight children. She came from a poor family. She began work at age seven. I keep thinking of my grandma, the same grandma that you know, maybe know my story. She took her life, and I've been teaching and preaching ever since on suicide. My grandma was yanked out of school in the sixth grade, so she was a little bit older, and she was sent to go work as a maid. That's how it was in the depression. That's how it was. You didn't have a choice. And so this is what happened to little Melanie. Okay, she began working at age seven. She had no schooling. Sound like Faustina? She had no schooling. She only knew bits, tiny bits of the catechism and a little bits of prayer. She didn't go to mass much because the whole culture was changing in France. So the authenticity of an apparition, this is important, is not based on the holiness of the people. This is the biggest misconception. A lot of people reject certain apparitions because, oh, the seer wasn't that holy. That's not a prerequisite. The seers are human too. And so this was a good example. Now, similarly, Maximin, all right? His mother died, and he had very little religious education and no schooling, again like Faustina. And while they were tending their sheep, as we just kind of read in that summary a few minutes ago, they saw this brilliant light that they described brighter than the sun. How does that, what does that make you sound like? The other Marian apparitions, right? Fatima. All right, let's look at our next slide. Here's a picture of it. They notice a beautiful lady. Now, this is a picture I took 
So if you can see it online or if you're in the crowd here, you can see this, it'll be up on our YouTube channel after the talk's done. I took this picture. That's a picture I took of the lady weeping. It's a, it's a statue there of a woman seated on a rock and crying. That's the exact rock that Mary s sat on. Can you imagine surreal that you are in the place where Mary actually sat? Phenomenal. She was seated on a rock and she was crying. Her face was in her hands. Now, <clears throat> in tears, <clears throat> she stood up and spoke to them in French. And so she had this big headdress. One of the things that's very unique about La Salette is you can tell it's La Salette because she has this big headdress on, like, like no other really apparition. And so it was topped by this lucent crown with a band of roses, okay? And a dress with beams of light that came from it and slippers that had roses. Now, Around her neck, I mentioned, and I'm going to show you a picture of what makes this crucifix unique. Because when I was in La Salette, I bought one. And you can get them online. We don't sell them, but you can get them online. And I'm going to show you what's unique about the La Salette cross. But around her neck, she hung this big golden crucifix with a big heavy chain. Now, one of the ends of the cross has a hammer. I'm going to show you a picture of this later. And the other side of the cross has a pair of what they call a pincher. And the choice is yours. When you go to La Salette, they give you these crosses, and they said the choice is yours. Do you want a hammer to drive a nail into Christ on the cross, or do you want a pair of pinchers, of pliers, to pull them out? You make the choice. That was one of the messages in, in La Salette. I, I thought it was fascinating. All right, so anyway... Um, Mary said, come, my children, do not be afraid. I am here to tell you something of great importance. If my people will not obey, I shall be compelled to lose my son's arm. What does she mean by that? It is so heavy, holding it back, so pressing that I can no longer restrain it. The hand of justice. How long I have suffered for you. If my son is not to cast you off, then I am obliged to entreat him with, without ceasing. Meaning, she's constantly interceding for us so that the hand of God, the justice... Remember, Mary is not justice. Mary was created by God, in my opinion, as his own loophole to his own justice. God is mercy and justice. By right, we have to his mercy... We also, if we don't heed his call, his commandments, we will get his justice. So God is mercy and justice, but guess what, everybody? Mary is not. Mary was created, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, as a loophole to God's own justice. That if you go through her, she can appease him because she's perfect. That's why God created her. So that as a mother does... Like when I would do something stupid and I broke my dad's fishing rod. I told that story before. And my dad came home and he started taking off his belt. I knew what was coming. Justice. Because he told me not to use that fishing rod. And I did and I broke it. 
And my dad came across the floor with that belt. He took his belt off. And now my dad was not abusive, nothing like that, not at all. One of the big mistakes I think we have in our world today is the philosophy that we can't discipline our children. Disastrous philosophy. But it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just I knew I was going to get a SWAT. And my mom met him halfway across the floor and said he suffered enough. I was in tears. And like a good mother, my mom interceded for me to my dad. That's what she does. God created her for that purpose to intercede for you when you get yourself in stupid trouble. So this is what Mary does. And she says, I, I, I'm a, I, I have to um, entreat him without ceasing for you. But you don't take notice. No matter how well you pray. Now she's talking to all mankind, not just the children. No matter how well you pray in the future, no matter how well you act, you will never be able to make up to me all that I have endured for your sake. This is one of the most honest and frank Mary has ever been in an approved apparition. Mary's never been this frank. Now, I have appointed you six days for working, says the Lord. The seventh I have reserved for myself, and no one will give it to me. That's what Mary said causes the weight of Jesus' hand to be crushing. This is it. So, she said, if the harvest is spoiled, it's man's fault. I warned you last year by means of the potatoes, because <laughs> there was a potato famine. You paid no heed. Quite the reverse. When you discovered that the potatoes had rotted, you swore. You abused my son's name and used it in vain. Instead of repenting, they sinned. So the potatoes will continue to rot. Not because it's God punishing, but it's because man is not receiving the grace. If you have grain, it will do you no good to sow it. For what you sow, the beast will devour. And any part of it that springs up will crumble into dust when you thresh it. What is she warning against? Not repenting. Not stop using the Lord's name in vain. Not stop abusing Sundays. Go to church. A great famine is coming. But before that happens, the children under seven years of age will be seized with trembling in their parents' arms. Some even die. We've lost a lot of little children to abortion. Many children have died. Is this what Mary's referring to? The grown-ups will pay for their sins by hunger. The grapes will rot and the walnuts will turn bad. This is a wake-up call. This is a sobering message. Then the lady said, the people, if though, remember I always say, the key word in Mary's vocabulary is if. If. She said it again here. If people are converted, the rocks will become wheat and it will be found that the potatoes will grow. If, if. So let's look at our next slide. Now here is another picture I took because I was right there at those statues. So I took this picture. Mary's talking to the two children. She asked them, 
do you say your prayers? So even children aren't exempt. Don't let your children grow up with this feeling of they're not accountable. Oh, where they're just children. Um, Sorry, Aunt Susie, but they're 17 years old. Okay? It's time for some accountability. All right? Um, I told this story before. I was at uh, St. Mark's in Huntersville, North Carolina, when I started coming back to my faith. And I was there in the church. And there was the, the bulletin, a full-page bulletin with Mary's face on the front of it. And I'm sitting in the pew, and I, the, the, the family in front of me is just a mom and her boy. This is not a, a little child. This boy was probably 14. And he took a pen, and he was grinding an X over Mary's face on the bulletin. And his mom's just, she looks over at him. And I'm looking at the mom, like, kind of like, nothing. He keeps grinding the X. I'm kind of like, I reached over and I took it. I took it. Later, I told the priest what I did because I was my spiritual director. He yelled at me. And he said, well, they may, you know, he's just a little boy. I says, he's 14. Here I am arguing with the priest. We got to stop this mentality that they are forever children and will never be held accountable. When I was in first grade, I stood with the congregation. I knelt with the congregation. I even tried to pretend I could read the songs and sing it. I still can't sing, but you, you were held accountable even, even as a kindergartner. I didn't have to bring in toys and trucks and Cheerios. It's one hour. It's one hour, I can promise you. Unless there's a sugar or a diabetes issue, I'm not talking about that. Unless there's a sugar, health, or diabetes issue, I promise you, your child will not die without Cheerios. I promise you, I promise, they will not die in that 45 minutes. Again, if it's health reasons, that's different. But there's no reason, and I promise you they will not die if their big giant toy truck is not being run up and down the pew. I promise you they will not die. And so this is the message. So she's telling us to wake up. So she asked the children, do you say your prayers? And they mumbled, not really. At least they were honest. And then she asked them again, and she, they said, well, will we hardly say them at all. Wow. Ah, my children, she said, it is important to say them at night and in the morning. Now, here's a powerful lesson. What did Mary say if you absolutely, truly have no time? She said, if you absolutely, truly have no time, Say at least one Our Father, one Hail Mary. If you have no other time, you can say that. I promise you, you have time for one Our Father and one Hail Mary. Guarantee it. So Our Lady then returned to chastising the people. She said, only a few really old women go to Mass. No offense. It's the really old women that are holding the fort, by opinion especially the Filipinos. So she said only a few old women even go to Mass in the summer. All the rest work every Sunday through the summer. 
And in the winter, when they have nothing to do, then they go to Mass only to poke fun at religion. Whoa! During Lent, they flock to the butcher shops like dogs, eating meat on Lent. She concluded, my children, you have to make this message known to all my people that if, if, if they don't stop, return, repent, great chastisement will come. She then walked away up a steep path and disappeared in a bright light. The children then repeated the story to the employer. So they went to the town, and when the people heard their stories and that they matched and they were consistent, and several of the holy people around in the neighborhood believed that this was the Blessed Virgin Mary, they sent the children to the priest at La Salette, at the parish. And the priest encountered the children's story at Mass, or I should say recounted the children's story at Mass. So the, the priest was really choked up by this. So the government officials began an investigation, and the children remained and stuck to their story. They stuck to it, despite threats of imprisonment. What does that sound like? Fatima. Fatima. All right, so um, when investigating the site where Mary supposedly appeared, someone broke off a piece of the rock where Our Lady had sat, and immediately a spring of water emerged in that place that was dry. And some of that water was given to a, a woman who was suffering from a very long-term illness. This is all documented. She drank a little bit of that water from the spring. You know you can get that water now? You can actually take your own container and get that water out of the spring. You can drink it. It's right out of the pure French Alps. It's amazing. So uh, you can get a little water. Uh, you could, she drank it as she prayed a novena. On the ninth day of the novena, she was completely cured. So they knew there was something going on here. So all these miracles started happening. Okay. Now, the greatest miracle, though, that happened in the area was what? Wasn't healing. People started going back to Mass. People started going to confession. They stopped working on Sundays. They started to return to a devout life. They started to stop swearing, using the Lord's name in vain. I tell you, using the Lord's name in vain is the worst form of swearing, especially the worst of it. If you use the expression GD, even, even if it's just a habit, please stop. You're placing a curse on someone. If you say that, you're actually saying to damn them. Think about that. That is one of the worst things we can do. That's why it's the second commandment. If you think, well, Father, it's worse if I steal or lie or cheat, actually, no, it isn't. I'm not excusing those things. All right, so they stopped working on Sundays and returned to devotional life. Now, let's look at some pictures I'm going to share with you when I went to La Salette. Here's a few pictures. So Brother Mark's going to show the first picture. This is the shrine that was built. This is the church. Isn't it beautiful? Right up there in the top of the French Alps. Absolutely amazing. Let's look at the second picture. This is the pilgrimage. Look at that. I mean, we had a beautiful pilgrimage today, but nothing like that. Um, <clears throat> pilgrims started coming. <clears throat> you know, this is one of Father, this is Father Don Calloway's favorite place in the whole world. You know, that's expression, my favorite place in the whole world. Father Chris, what's your favorite place in the whole world? Michigan Stadium on a football Saturday. 
okay? No, this is the best place in the world. Look at that procession. That is the devotion of the people that are going there. Now let's look at the next picture. There I am walking with the rector. That's the rector of the shrine of La Salette. What a great guy. Filipino, beautiful, beautiful soul. You know, I, I was like, Father, this is amazing. So there we are walking. Let's look at the next picture. There's a picture of the French Alps. What I wanted you to see in that picture is we were in the clouds. It's one of the few places I've ever been where I was in the clouds. Amazing. And let's look at the uh, next one. Here's a picture from the top of the shrine looking out on the French Alps. Isn't that incredible? Incredible. And lastly, on this group of pictures, there's the inside of the shrine. This is the inside of the shrine, which is beautiful. I had mass there. What an honor. What an honor to say mass at La Salette. Okay, so those are the pictures that I actually took. While, those are my pictures I took in La Salette. Now, what happened? Okay, this apparition was in 1846, September 19th. Now, exactly five years later, September 19th, 1851, the local bishop had them give a statement of exactly what happened, and when they did, he approved it. All right? Does the local bishop have the authority to approve an apparition? Yes. All right, now, the next year, they founded a religious community. This is like a stamp of approval from the church called the Missionaries of La Salette. For some of you in the Massachusetts area, do you know we have the Missionaries of La Salette? Does anybody know where it's at? Attleboro. Attleboro, Massachusetts. So if any of you here get a chance to head east, you can visit the shrine at Attleboro. That is the missionaries of La Salette. God bless them. So great saints have been devoted to La Salette. St. John Bosco, St. John DNA, even though he had some questions earlier on it, because he actually interviewed Maximin. Well, anyway, the message of our Blessed Mother, boom, important then and now. Here's the questions that she's basically asking us. I want you to ask the same questions and tell me if it applies today. How many people forsake Sunday Mass? But find time for reading on the internet, watching sports, or shopping. Hmm, good question. How many months has it been since you've been to confession? Years? How many use our Lord's name in vain as common profanity, even flippantly, not badly, like OMGs? All right? How many fail to pray each day? These are all questions we could ask today even more than back then. How many ask, entertain blasphemies by the TV you watch? How many run to go watch a show like The Da Vinci Code and then let it influence your faith? Let us turn to Our Lady of La Salette and offer her reparation. You know the great thing about it? Guess what we're going to do today? in just about 15 minutes. Offer reparation to Our Lady. It's a first Saturday. This is beautiful. All right, so real quick, I want to tell you the secrets. Just like Fatima, Maximin and Melanie were given secrets. Now, here's a problem. There's kind of two sets of secrets. There is the first set given by each child in 1851 
Five years after the apparition, those were approved. But then much later in 1879, they gave these longer secrets that had all kinds of stuff in them that are necessarily not approved. So this is what I'm going to try to weed out for you. All right, let's first talk about Maximin, who uh, gave his account in 1851. He said, on September 19th, 1846, we saw a beautiful lady, but never realized it was the Blessed Virgin Mary. She said, if my people continue... What I will say to you, meaning the warnings, will arrive early, meaning if you, if you continue your sins. If you change a little, it will be delayed a little. If you change a lot, it will be delayed a lot. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? All right. So she said France has become corrupt. And this is a really powerful statement. God bless you in French, in France who are listening. Mary said, France has corrupted the universe. And so the justice of God is, is punishment. Unless we atone, the faith will die out in France. Three quarters of France will not practice religion anymore, or almost not at all. You know when I went there, what our tour guide told me? You know the percentage of the French that are actually regular churchgoers practicing? 4%. 4%. This is the first daughter of the church. No wonder Our Lady is warning us. The other part who practice, really, they do so without being devoted. They're just kind of going through the motions. This is terrible. But then she said, Nations will convert and the faith will be rekindled. Now listen to this. This is one of the most fascinating things. I'm still going to get to the Antichrist and can clarify that. But this was to me is fascinating. A great country. Tell me who you think this is. A great country, now Protestant, in the north of Europe, will be converted by support of this country other nations will begin to convert. Who do you think that might be? I heard Nolan, or Nor Nolan, Norway. I heard Poland. Poland doesn't have to convert. They're already practicing faithful Catholics. Germany was mentioned, but there was reason given by theologians it's not Germany. England. England. Fascinating. Now, we don't know this, this is what theologians are saying. Now, why? Theologians have stated it's already started. And I'm like, what? England? Yeah. G.K. Chesterton. Tolkien. With the Lord of the Rings. C.S. Lewis. Do you know how many millions of people these Englishmen have converted? G.K. Chesterton. Lord of the Rings. Tolkien. Then C.S. Lewis. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and things like that. This, this, this is amazing to me, what's going on in England and the UK. They have to first hit the bottom, then God can use them for his glory. All right, before all that, though, she said, before the conversions, great disorders will arrive, and in the church and everywhere, it'll be persecuted. We're seeing that now. The Pope will be persecuted. What I started asking my theologians what pope do you think they're talking about that was really persecuted? Chris Sparks said, I think it's Paul VI. 
I can go into all that, why Paul VI was persecuted. But then it says his successor will be a pontiff that nobody expects. Now, John Paul I was in there, but only for 30 days. Who was the real successor of Paul VI? John Paul II. She said a pope will be elected that nobody expects. Boy, talk about nobody expecting John Paul. A Polish? A Pole? Nobody. And so then a great peace will come. Now, a lot of people don't realize the 90s, even though we had a lot of wars and stuff, the 90s were actually an era of peace. Communism fell. We avoided nuclear war. I mean, it really was. It was a time of peace, believe it or not. But she said it won't last a long time. Max, um, I mean, um, Maximin said, he said, a monster will come. Now, we don't know what that monster is. We don't know if it's a nation, a president. We don't know. But Maximin said, a monster will come. Now, the secret given to Melanie, she recounted in 1851, and she said that Our Lady said, the time of God's wrath has arrived. Hmm. After this, if they do not convert, notice if, if they do not convert, if they do not do penance, and they do not cease working on Sunday, and if they do not continue to abuse my son's name in vain, and if they continue to blaspheme the holy name of God, if this continues, if the face of the earth does not change, God will have to be avenged by his justice against the people who are ungrateful and slaves to the demons. Abortion right in scripture. What does it say? What does scripture right flat out say? They will fall away and sacrifice their children to the demons. That is abortion. So, what's going on here? My son will make his power manifest. Paris, soiled by all kinds of crimes, will perish. Now note here, okay, there has been a revival of some senses in parts of France, so maybe we have avoided this. Some people say, well, France did get crushed by Hitler. Other people say, no, it wasn't destroyed. So uh, then she went on to say, Marseille will be destroyed. Again, was it the war or is it something coming or have we averted it because there's been some pockets in France? God only needs a little bit to work with. All right, it has had some revolutions. Now remember, in ep um, apocalyptic writing, here's the thing. We as humans think in chronological order. For God, there is no time. For God, there's no past. For God, there's no future. For God, everything is one instant moment. It's so hard for our mind to comprehend that. So when God gives us apocalyptic prophecy, a lot of times we can't look at it. Well, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. We can't do that. Something that God says will may have already or will may yet to come. We don't know, but in, in, in God, he compresses time. It's all instantaneous for him. So we might be talking about something back with Nero. We might be talking about something in the future. All right, this is important, okay? Now, the disorder, she said, will be complete on earth. When it is, the world will be given up to its passions. That's scary. 
The Pope will be persecuted from all sides. They will shoot at him. Now this makes it sound like it was exactly true because this is what happened with John Paul II. They will shoot at him. They will want to put him to death, but no one will be able to do it. The vicar of God will triumph. Wow, that's just exactly what John Paul did because you know he was shot early in his pontificate. Early. Now, here's what gets to be scary. The priests and the nuns, they are to be the true servants of my son. They will be persecuted. Several will die. Several will die. A famine will reign. And all of these, when all of these have arrived, then people will start to recognize and will convert. Why does God allow pain and suffering? So we convert and do penance. Then she said, a great king will come upon the throne. This is what all the saints have been telling us. I did a talk last year, if you want to find it, on the end times. And I talked about all the saints mentioned this great king. This great king will come upon the throne, but will only reign for a few years. They said it here too. All right. Religion will reflourish and spread over the world and there will be a great abundance. But guess what? We will do the same thing. I remember when I was in high school, I used to argue with Father Bill. And I used to say, Father Bill, how these Israelites, they would fall away. God would allow chastisement. They would, they would come back. Then they would fall away. God would have to allow chastisement. Then they would come back. Then they would fall away and God would allow chastisement and they would come back. And I said to Father Bill, how stupid are these people? <laughs> when are they going to learn their lesson? And you know what? We are worse today because we have the fullness of Jesus Christ. And we still do it. I mean, it, 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 this, is, this is something. She said, there will be a great abundance, but the world then will become complacent again and will fall again into its disorders. It will give up God and will be slave to its passions again. Among God's ministers in, oh, this is the worst one for me. She said, among God's ministers, the priests and the spouses of Jesus Christ, the nuns, this will be the most terrible. They will deny the faith. They will fall away from the faith. They will go astray. This is the most terrible, she said. We're seeing that in our own church. We got priests out there teaching contraception. We got priests out there saying conception does not begin um, at, at fertilization. We got priests out there saying not to bless the people in, in a same-sex marriage, but to bless the same-sex union. Pray for the Belgian bishops. This is, this is crazy. She said, hell will reign on earth. I think we're seeing that. Hell will reign on earth. It will then that the Antichrist will be born. Now, here's where it gets a little sketchy. She said the Antichrist will be born of a nun. Now, all the anti-Catholics want to jump on that and say, I told you that's why I'm not Catholic. <laughs> Remember, even if a nun or a priest does mess up, that does not change church teaching. That means you had somebody mess up. All right? Many will believe in him because he will claim to have come from heaven, but woe to them. The time is not far away. Now remember, this is all contingent. If, Mary says, if we don't change, please let's change. 
The first thing we got to do is make reparation for what we've already done. The next thing we got to do is then change what we, we, we're going to do in the future. So we start today, all of you here, all of you on live stream, the first thing that we're going to do today, how beautiful that this falls on a first Saturday, is we are going to make reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, ultimately to Jesus Christ for what we have done. <clears throat> Her account was perfect down to the last detail with Maximins. There was no, there was no um, inconsistency. The news spread rapidly on believers and skeptics to turns, questioning them, seeing if they could get them to contradict each other. They didn't. Now, let's hear Jimmy Aiken. You all know I feel Jimmy Aiken is one of the best theologians in the church. I'm going to quote him. He had an article out there. He addresses this. I want to quote from him. Our Lady of La Salette. He wanted to address the issue, and this is a big one because you're going to be challenged on this. Rome will lose the faith and become the seat of the Antichrist. See, I told you. Don't be Catholic. <laughs> I told you. The Pope is the Antichrist. Okay? How do we address that? Jimmy Aiken did it. I read tons, tons. Now, this one I never had in seminary, I got to admit it. I went back to my seminary notes, couldn't find a thing. So I did some research. This is what I had to do for these talks to help you guys not have to spend all kinds of time doing research. So I did the research, and I read everything that sounded to me that Jimmy Aiken had the best answer. Now, he said, the New Testament predicts that before the second coming, there will be a great falling away of the faith. This is 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. And he said, I imagine that this will apply to Rome as much as any place else. Scripture also predicts the coming of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is in the Bible. Who will deny that Jesus has come in the flesh. This is 2 John 7. He will persecute the church, as did some of the early Roman emperors. So Jimmy Aiken says, as for where this persecuting, emperor-like antichrist will be based, Rome is a perfect place. Rome is a perfect place. Not meaning he's the pope. Meaning the antichrist comes to battle in the church's home turf. All right? So he said, I even expect that the church's persecutors will be the same as the first ones as the pagans in Rome. What did the church have to fight in the first century? Rome. Rome. The Roman pagans. He says it does not refer to the Pope or the Catholic Church. Why? Let's look at our next slide. So Brother Mark can put up our next slide. Why? All right. This is the Antichrist. Antichrist. Now, the Antichrist, and this is my last page. I know we're running late, everybody. The Antichrist, he's, this is what, if you read what it said about the Antichrist, he will be the head of state persecuting the church. The Pope will be leading the Christian underground, just like Peter in the first century Rome. Apostasy is an, a mark of the devil. Now, can you say that some of the members of our church are in apostasy or heresy? Definitely heresy. 
But let's look at apostasy. Apostasy is a full rejection of the faith. One states that they are no longer Christian. That's not happening in the church. As much as our bishops are messing up, they're not saying, I'm not Christian. That's apostasy. They're guilty of heresy. Contraception does not begin at, or life does not begin at conception. Contraception's okay. The homosexual union is good, not just the people. That's different from apostasy. That's heresy. We have guilty of heresy. But neither the Holy Father or the Cardinals I'm aware of are saying, I'm no longer Christian. That's apostasy. It doesn't mean Christians veering from orthodoxy and it taking on heresy, like bad Christians. Bad Christian, bad Christian. That's not apostasy. Apostasy is, I am not Christian. Damn that God if there is one. That's apostasy. Thank God we're not there inside the church, but in the church we do have heresy. All right? It means Christians leaving Christianity altogether, going back to paganism. So here's the point that Jimmy Aiken is making. He said this was the strategy the early Protestants used to justify leaving the church. They accused it of being run by the Antichrist. The early Protestants said the Antichrist is the Pope. Here's the point. Even if the Pope veers away, that's not the Antichrist. This is out of whack with Scripture, he says, which identifies the Antichrist as someone who claims that Jesus Christ does not come in the flesh and that Christianity must be eliminated. Well, for the Pope to be Pope, he's got to be Christian. Okay? So Jimmy Aiken is saying the Pope is the last person on earth, no matter the mistakes he makes, heretical statements he may utter, even though the church, he would not do it as a formal statement of the magisterium, the Holy Spirit protects us from that. But he says the Pope is the last person on earth to meet the biblical requirements for the Antichrist. So when somebody tells you, right there, Our Lady of La Salette said, Rome will be the seat of the Antichrist, that's your Pope. You say, no, it's not. Rome is the home of paganism attack on the church, just like it was in the first century. And it's coming back. The Antichrist is not a Pope, but a military or political figure which goes against the teaching of the church. Interesting, huh? But not everything these two said came true. This is where I want to finish. I know I'm running late. The fact about the Antichrist being born of a nun back in 1845 didn't come true. So how do we explain these disagreements? Oh, well, that makes the vision of La Salette invalid. No. The apparition occurred in 1846, okay? And the local bishop approved it in 1851. And it was then that he took the statement of the children, 1851. But then, 18 years later, or no, 20, 28 years later, they made more statements in 1879. And these came to become odd. Now, here's the thing. Those things may not have been in the secret that was sent to the Pope back in 1851. Here's what's important. What we call the longer secret, the church has not approved. 
The church is basing La Salette on what was first approved in the vision itself back in 1846 and what was stated in 1851, not 28 years later by these two seers in 1879. That's called the longer secret. But here's the point, everybody. I said, I thought when I was reading all this, doing my homework, that that would mean it was really still invalid because the seers kind of veered away. No, even a genuine seer, I read this, may add to what they've received based on a mistake or imagination. There's the human factor. Human factors are allowed in private revelation. The church weeds that out. It doesn't mean that the seer is perfect and we don't worship the seers. It could also be problematic. Okay, this is really interesting. Yes, it could be problematic that their imaginations took over, but it could also be what's called prophetic cancellation. You know what prophetic cancellation means? Go to Jeremiah 18, verse 7 through 10. God declares doom in a city for its sins. And then the city repents. Then he calls off the doom. This is our chance. God has been saying to Faustina, now is the time of mercy. But if you don't act now, it'll be too late. Then will come the time of justice. We are still hanging on to the edge of mercy. Right now, you got to join with me. You got to join with me now in doing this reparation, this first Saturday, no matter where you are in the world, no matter if you're bedridden, God has you here for a purpose, whether you're in this pew or home watching or watching later on tonight or even next week, join us. We do this every month. So Jimmy Aiken, he finished by this. I want to quote him. She, meaning um, Melanie, <clears throat> maybe got a little confused afterwards. But the church must have had good evidence for what it declared in 1851, approval. So I'm going with that, he said. But in researching this, it raised new questions for me about the later statements. It could have been a genuine supernatural event with just a simple adding of ideas or, or imagination or from the consciousness of the seers. Or... It could have been a natural explanation like God canceling his justice because we've had a few people repent. Remember, Abraham, if I find 50 people, will you destroy the city? No, Lord. 40 people, will I destroy the city? No, Lord. Or excuse me, the Lord says no. And then Abraham says 30 people. It's not like an auctioneer. Do I hear 30, 30, 30, 20, 20? Do I hear 20? If I find 20 righteous people, will you spare the city? The Lord says yes. I'm telling you right now. He gets down to 10, 10 people. Can we find 10 righteous people in this congregation today or at home? Some may be going through the motions. Some may shut off this internet and go right back to sinning. Some people may shut down this, this live stream and go right to a pornographic website. Somebody might leave these pews and go right and home and yell and scream and carry on, whatever. Can I find 10, God says? Can I find 10 of you righteous so I will spare what Our Lady of La Salette is warning us against? I pray that I can be one of the ten. I don't know. Each one of you asks, is God calling you to be? This is the whole message. I don't know what to think here, 
Jimmy Akin said. He says, I definitely stay more positive with other apparitions like Fatima. But there's something here to take heed of. All right, to finish, an apparition does not form the deposit of faith. This is important. We are free to accept it or reject it. You are free to accept or reject any approved Marian apparition. So what is the end goal of the church in this apparition? All right. What are the aspects of the word of God that he wants you to know from La Salette? Let's look at our next slide. Right there. The first three commandments. Okay. Do you ever notice that the Ten Commandments are divided into two parts? Commandments one, two, and three refer to what? God. Commandments 4 through 10 refer to what? Neighbor. First love God, then our neighbor. What is the purpose of La Salette? He's raising awareness to those first three commandments. That's the whole purpose of this. God, treat him as God, the first commandment. Stop using his name in vain, the second commandment. Start treating Sunday as holy, getting to mass, going, spending time. We got adoration going on. Spend time that, that. That's what this message is. Specifics, there are some meanings as well. Like, let's look at the lady, and this is where I'm going to finish. Light coming from this large crucifix that she has on her breast. Okay, I want to show you, this is my crucifix on my wall. Let's go to the next slide, Brother Martin. This is the crucifix I got in La Salette, and it changed me. It really affected me because every crucifix I've ever seen just shows the hands of our Lord nailed to the cross. Look at this crucifix. I don't know if you guys can see this here, but I will show it up to the crowd. It's probably too hard for the congregation here to see it, but you can see it online. This crucifix has two things on it. It has a nail and it has a pair of pliers. So I got a cross, and I'm wearing the cross that has this little crucifix. And if it's an Our Lady of La Salette cross, on the left, or the, our Lord's left, it has a nail. Are you going to choose to ram more nails into our Lord? Remember, God is outside of time. Every sin you do today puts another nail into Christ. Every act of virtue you do today helps remove a nail from Christ. So this crucifix of La Salette has a nail, and you have a choice. Am I going to run the nail? Am I going to pound nails into our Lord? Or on the right is what's called a pincher. It's basically a pair of pliers. Or am I going to pull a pair of pliers out, and am I going to remove the nails from Jesus? When I was in La Salette, this is what the priest told me. What choice are you going to make? You want a nail? Or do you want a plier? Wow. What? What amazing. Okay. So anyway, on each side of the crucifix are placed the hammers or the pinchers. These are what is referred to in our Lord's passion. All right. Mary, her shoulders are weighed down by a big long chain. What is the purpose of the chain? That is biblical. What's that a symbol of? Sin. She is atoning for our sin. Many choose the sin. Now, Alongside the chain, along the edges of Our Lady's shawl, were roses of all colors. Roses likewise crowned her head, edging her diadem of light, and there were roses around her feet. Guess what this is, everybody? A rosary. This is a virtual rosary, a veritable rosary, from our human roots to the cross and from the cross to eternal glory. 
Oh, I'm really late. The tears of Mary. They recall that they, what she did on Mount Calvary. She shed tears. What are the tears a sign of? Her tenderness for us. They teach us the gravity of our sins, of our indifference, and the urgency for our conversion. The problem, Mary is saying, is saying the Lord's name in vain while ignoring his day, Sunday. She goes right to scripture. Holy is his name. That's what the Bible says. There is no other name under heaven given to men which is necessary for our salvation. Acts 4.12. Never say or do anything except in the name of the Lord Jesus. Colossians 3.17. But what about the Lord's day? Yes, do not worry. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Matthew 6.33. That means if you honor the Lord's day, you don't have to worry. So the call to conversion is at the heart of the message of La Salette. And guess what else it's the heart of the message of? The diary of St. Faustina and the Bible. La Salette, the diary and the Bible, the message is the call to conversion. So this message shouldn't scandalize us. I explained to you, it's not the Pope, the seat of the Antichrist. It was proven that the Antichrist was not born in 1845 to a nun. These were imaginations that came much later that was not what the church approved in, a, in La Salette. And so I don't have time to show the short video, short video of Father Joe. I apologize. But um, um, when um, uh, I'll, I'll try to put it up later. But Father Joe has a great video uh, there at La Salette. You can see it in person. It's beautiful. But right now we have to shut down because we're going to begin the devotions of First Saturday. Okay, now I will show one more slide for all of you who are new to joining us. If Brother Mark could show the next slide, please become a Marian helper. Please join us. MICprayers.org. It doesn't cost anything. It only takes a minute. But you can join us at MICprayers.org and start sharing in all the graces of our masses, prayers, penances, just like you are Marian priest or brother. God bless you all. And don't go far. Because while we shut down now, in a few minutes, Brother Mark will come back up and we're going to begin the devotions to First Saturday. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Amen. Thanks be to God. God bless you. Thank you, everybody. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.